today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Cash and Carry Kitchens. At the heart of Irish homes for over 40 years. Cashandcarrykitchens.ie Email todaycb at rte.ie It is Valentine's Day tomorrow, as I'm sure you know. Right now, though, we're going to ditch the candlelight dinners, the Michael Bublé CDs. You can press pause on those because we're going to talk about love in the natural world, specifically the animals that mate for life. Aina Nilauna is here. Who else would you expect here Who to else? talk about this would we'll be the greatest living expert on such matters <laughs> only by good sense. Spring is definitely in the air now. Yes, you yes, can yes. see it and you can feel it and, and all of that. Is it the start of the mating season? Well, Valentine's Day isn't just an accident. I mean, St. Valentine lived in Roman times. Who knows when he died? I mean, feast days are normally the day somebody died. That's when you celebrate it. But so they decided, because he was the, the patron saint of love, that the day that the birds pair up for the season is the day that Valentine's Day will be celebrated. And this happens apparently on the 14th of February. Not on the 13th, not on the 15th. <laughs> they start on the 14th of February. So this is why we have Valentine's Day. And it's because the birds pair up on that day. That's uh, the plan. And the birds, a lot of them, they do mate for life, do they? Well, that's the plan. That's the theory at any rate. And we know some of them very well. Eagles, for example, or golden eagles or white-tailed sea eagles, they mate for life. They have the same eerie every year. They have the same misses. They rear their chicks and that's a full-time job so they're, they're together at it. We know that Swans Mate for Life, Richard Collins on our Mooney Goes Wild programme has a PhD in Swans no less and he used to put rings on them and he used to know who was married to whom and whatever but of course being Richard Collins and doing a PhD he discovered that some of them had a bit on the side. Okay. Yes yeah, so I mean there's, there's, there's mating for life there's being monogamous and there's a bit on the side yeah, you but see, the Swans apparently the bullfinches do it as well. Now the bullfinches are an interesting one that's the fellow with the big red breast and the black head and mm-hmm. his wife is a pale image of himself and they have a little whispery song not like the lovely songs you get from goldfinches and linnets and things because once they mate that's it your man doesn't have to be singing to, to attract a woman anymore he has her and that's it and he finds it hard to sing does he or he's well, not good know, at it he doesn't. I mean, why would you waste energy singing it takes a lot of energy to yeah. be up there singing so he's happy not bird. to have to go and do that so he doesn't have to because I mean he has his missus for life so why would you use his energy for something else than yeah. from singing indeed. I, I, I don't yeah. want to take the romance out of this now but these birds aren't like finding somebody and falling in love. This is for territorial reasons, surely. Well, I mean, the the male will be. This is what's happening now at this time. Dear, even already, you wake up early and before it's dawn, and you can hear Robin sing, and you can hear the. Do the great tits a great one teacher 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 and that's the male saying this is my garden I live here and I won't be tied to any other fellow that comes in I'm in charge and anyone any male that comes in who looks aggressive and is singing does a fight stand off and then if a woman goes by and hears this beautiful sound and says hmm, wouldn't mind a bit of that in she comes and then that's it your man clicks and there you go and the woman gets to make the decision will I have him will I not and that's it for and generally for birds when they, they mate they're together for the season so a year is a long time in a bird's life so they'll, they'll mate the nest box is occupied they'll be making the nest doing all the stuff laying the eggs finding the babies daddy and mammy will help it takes the two of them to rear seven or eight young and at the end of the day at the end of the year if you were to count how many so you have mammy and daddy and eight babies in your garden in May but in December you have two birds still you have one of the adults has survived and one of the chicks and that's a holding position that's okay. all. All the rest of them are part of the food chain for something else. Okay. So therefore so next then, year next year he's there singing again a different one might come and mightn't be the same one or so he mightn't be singing again someone else might sing. Mate for life but mate for a short life. 
but that's for the, that's for most of them. But the bullfinches stick together all the time. The swans stick together all the time. And the, the eagles. eagles stick together all the time. And a few mammals do it as well, but not too many, I'm afraid. Foxes and wolves stick together for life. I mean, if you have foxes in your garden, what you have there is an instance where Mammy and Daddy and the den, and when she's carrying and when she's actually um, feeding the, the, the babies with her milk, the, the dog fox will bring food and that sort of thing. So he has a hands-on job keeping the family going. But a lot of the a lot of the um, the actual males in the and the in the mammal world will just mate and then clear off, and Mammy has to do all the rearing herself. Mm-hmm. So there's no there's no cosy set up in that instance. And what happens when the cubs grow up and they and start they clear mating? off, and then Mammy and Daddy go again. They boot them out. Right, but they, yeah. the, the mammy and daddy stay together. Oh yeah, that's their territory, yeah. Right. In the case of foxes, in the case of wolves, you have a whole pack and the only ones that are allowed to mate are the alpha male and the alpha female. So the others are all helping and being around and, and the, the, the male wolf, the, he has his chief missus and he doesn't... Um, the chief others, missus? Well, they're missus. I mean, there's females in the pack and males, but the, the, one, the alpha female is the one that he mates with and the, the offspring then are part of that. But, but what a lot of cases we find with DNA analysis in any bird's nest, so even if these two blue tits are, you know, madly in love and in your nest box, you know, they, they'll have a bit inside when the other isn't looking. So a missus may be mate with the blue tit next door and when they do DNA analysis on the young in the nest, only five of them might belong to daddy who's minding them and three might belong to the man over the hedge. And this, of course, is apparently good from a point of view of genetic variation. Maybe the fellow over the hedge is a better male. Maybe those babies will be more resistant mm-hmm. to disease. So we're trying to let a woman off on, on the technical term, <laughs> Your Honour, that it was for my DNA I was doing, if nothing else. And would Mr. Bluetit ever find out now that that went on? Or he well, there'd be war if there was, yeah. So they do it snakily. They're not going to be doing it publicly in the box. Yeah. And the man will be but he's no way of knowing. Like, he's going to look catches, at them and say... Unless he catches them in the act. But I mean, the act isn't lasting very long. So generally he's speaking he won't catch them in the act he's, he's not going to look at the, the blue tits that aren't his and say they don't look like me <laughs> he's just never I mean. going to figure it out is he I don't mean, lots of males don't I mean, it's the wise child that knows his own father in any species God knows so why is this happening then why like what sort of practical reasons make this happen that they stick together and in particular the swans and the eagles who stick together for life and the foxes because because rearing rearing your young I mean if you are a male and you're female and you get together you want to make sure the reason you do it is so that you pass on your genes so that you have offspring and you're, you're immortal if you pass on your genes. So therefore you need to make sure that those babies live and survive. So if it's, if the situation in the case of whatever species it is needs two people in, to do all that work well then two people have to be there mm-hmm. or two, 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 a male and a female because we have cases we've, because of over the years on the Mooney show we've had nest boxes with, with cameras so we know exactly what happens and on a few occasions sadly the male and the female are running in and out 500 times a day with creepy crawlies and then one of them is killed or doesn't come back and the male or the female that's left cannot keep the show on the road and they all die off. So it takes two to make keep the show on the road in certain cases and when that's the case then it, su- it, it makes complete evolutionary and ecological sense that the male and the female are both binding the young. But in cases like ducks for example that take 30 days to come out of the egg and they're ready to go and they're swimming along behind the adult feeding themselves I mean Daddy just slam bam, thank you, mammy. Just, I mean, that's yes, it. I've no, heard that about no the ducks, all right. Yeah, there's no, there's no need because I mean, once she's impregnated, your man with his big flashy feathers is only a nuisance sitting on the nest. I mean, if I'm coming back in my next life, I surely am coming back as a duck. Tell you that much. <laughs> but um, you know, whereas in other cases like like eagles and like 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 swans, there's a lot of maintenance, there's a lot of protection, there's a lot of a lot of. Um, 
you know, swans are big white birds and, you know, two two of them need to be there to keep away their ground nesting, you know, and all mm. of that. So protection is needed for them. So They're they've not camouflaged the way. It's better off if we just stick together. The well, it's, it's, the ones that did, so, I mean, they don't have a meeting and say, no, I think we'll stick together. Yeah, we're not going to be like, We're not going to be like them terrible ducks. We're going to be this way. It's just the ones that did it work, the ones that didn't went to the wall. Mm. And survival is what you're talking about, survival of the fittest. So what happens, uh, you have a pair of swans, they've decided now we're together, we're going to do all this work together and one of them dies. Well, one of them dies. Well, your man or your woman will grieve for a while. But as Richard Collins discovered, he'll shack up or she'll shack up with another fella who's available, everybody. And it could be two or three years younger than them or older than them, you know. I mean, they will they will, they will, will breathe again. Because, in fact, there are very, very few species. I think there's a species of monkey or something and ourselves where we have menopause. Females in every other species will, will be able to produce until they die. There's no waste they of keep going. years where you're not producing and you're just there. I mean, it's things with big brains who have all the knowledge or grandparents' knowledge is what keeps the species going. In the case of humans, there's a reason for uh, you know, having grandparents. But there would be no reason for having uh, birds or mammals that couldn't produce. So they, they reproduce right up to the end, which means that they can mate and they can get a new husband in the last 10% stage. of their lives because they're as effective as they were any but other time. More effective. You did really. say they grieve for a while, do they? Well, I don't know whether they grieve for a while. I mean, well, if the, if she the, made that up. If the missus <laughs> dies halfway through the breeding season, your man can't rush off and get another one somewhere, boot out the previous, you know, so he's there on his own mm-hmm. trying to feed his young or whatever. And we think, because we're great at making our feelings on top of, I mean, on top of the poor, the poor... Um, we superimpose how we yeah, would we think, behave oh, that on poor, the... that poor bird came back and found its babies all thrown out. I mean, I mean, you think of the, the, the meadow pipits and the cuckoo lays the egg in the nest and the cuckoo's egg comes out first and boots out all the others. I mean, does Mrs. Pe- meadow Pepper come back and say, oh God, all my babies have fallen out of only one left. She just, they just get on with the, the cuckoo. They don't seem to grieve that they've lost five already, that they've all been kicked out by this interloper. They don't even recognise so it. They'll, so they'll, they'll bring up the cuckoo, yeah, won't yeah, they? They won't the even cuckoo. blink an eye. That's it, the cuckoo gets as big as a pigeon and there is the size of <laughs> Sparrow, and I mean, don't think how is our fella so big? <coughs> They're probably down in the pub saying, My son is in size 10 trousers, yours is already in size 2. Well, you wonder something. how they feed him, you know. That's well, they stand pro- on their backs and they kill, they start kilt feeding them. I mean, it's a really hard job. And then the thing then decides it's not a, a meadow pepper at all, it's a cuckoo. And I never saw a cuckoo's in its life because his mummy and daddy have gone back to Africa way back in July. <laughs> and in September, this thing says, I'm not living here, I'm leaving home, and goes to Africa. I mean, how does it even know where Africa is? There's so little we know about wildlife. Really, when you think about it, I want to go back now to the cheating because I'm kind of intrigued by that now. So, you say you have robins or blue tits, and you said there'd be an awful row if you were if they were caught in the act. That's where the yes. trouble starts. But apart from that, it's accepted, is it? Well, no, it's not known. It's not known it's to not be known. the case. But I mean, it confers a benefit because the, the female who has the eggs of several fathers has more genetic variation mm. in her nest. So, if the ones that she has by the official man of man, Farrah have any kind of a genetic thing, she lose them all. Whereas she's had a bit in the side with. Farad tea next door there'll be some that will survive Isn't the male infiltrator a brave fellow now to go into a garden and do that? I know she sneaks off Oh, she oh, does Oh, she, no, the woman sneaks off for the bit inside. He, right. man doesn't come in. I had it all wrong. Oh, I yeah, thought he on, was coming up, in to, to the territory yeah. of the couple. No, no, but no, it's, no, oh, she, she sneaks off. So it. he's off, well, whatever he's doing. We don't oh, know what he's doing either. Who? The male of the couple. Where is he? Well, I mean, he obviously could be doing anything. He, he could be playing away from home as well. I mean, how do we know? I mean, this is a whole PhD here. <laughs> Give up the day job, Claire. We'll, we'll go off and do some we'll studies on this. We'll figure it all out. Listen, I want to ask you about something uh, on the serious end of this, because we had some news from the United Nations assessment uh, during the week 
that more than a fifth of the Earth's migratory species, the ones that are under international protection, Aina, they are threatened with extinction, which is extraordinary, really, isn't it? It's a terrible, fifth of it them. is, that, that these are migratory species yeah. that starts you know, one part of the lives in one part of the world and one part of another. An awful lot of them, in fact, are in the oceans. An awful lot of our sharks, our sturgeons are under threat because of the fact that we have our pollution in our, our oceans are polluted, we have climate change and... I have to say, to be fair to Charlie Hawhey, I mean, years and years and years ago, he made our waters to be a, a whale and dolphin sanctuary. And only a couple of years ago, last year and the year before, we find all these basking sharks off the west coast of Ireland mating, they're dancing and swimming round in circles, doing all kinds of carry-on, because these, this is an area where they come for that part of their life cycle. You see, a lot of these migratory species don't spend all their life cycle in the one place. And that's why we have in Europe things like the European Habitat Directive and the birds are active and we could be killed minding the geese below in Wexford that come here for the winter but if they're not protected on their nesting site they're not going to come here so we only have half the story we can be minding the swallows here in their nests but if they're all getting shot going through Italy that's not much good you know so that this is why migratory species are very much dependent on communication and you know collaboration international cooperation and this is where it's fallen down and then lots of them in the oceans oceans are hugely polluted by everybody and nobody and the stuff that lives in the oceans I mean we know about plastic bags going into turtles we know about the fact that the oceans are becoming more acidic. We know that our salmon has become now an endangered species on the last declaration of that, the Atlantic salmon. Sturgeon, we used to have sturgeon in our waters. Yes. The monks in Clonmacnoise used to eat sturgeon, probably sitting about eating caviar instead of saying their prayers. We haven't had a sturgeon in Ireland since 1966 when one turned up below in Dingle. So, you know, these were migratory ones that spent half their life in, in fresh water, half their life at sea, and the two lots have to be right mm-hmm. or it won't work. If you block up your rivers by putting weird so the things can't get up if you if you have you know land use change for these migratory land beasts that go from one place to another you've have, you have land use change you've cut down the forest you've done something else with it then you don't have the habitat for them for that part of their okay. life cycle you, you so me- it's a huge huge it's a problem hu- it's a huge like issue 44% of them are in decline and 22% of them are threatened with extinction you it's mentioned uh, swallows there when you were talking <laughs> about migrating species yeah. and I have a question in from somebody who welcomes the swallows back when they, when they come into the shed. Do they mate for life? Or is it the same pair coming back? Well, you see, then there's fidelity to sight, which is a different matter. The swallows will come back to where they're born. So I was born in your shed, so I'm back to your shed. And lo and behold, don't I meet the fellow next door who was born in the shed as well, ah. whom I mated with last year. But he might have got killed this time round or whatever. But I'm back in my shed and if he doesn't turn up, somebody else will. So there's there's fidelity to sight, which a lot of them, and the seabirds will have this as well. Things like guillemots and razorbills, they land out on the cliff and they're in the exact spot on their, on their, on their sight. And the female was there last year she'll come and he says ah oh, there yeah missus but I mean if, if she's gotten killed or something he's still on the site somebody else will come It's so a marriage of convenience That's Well what it sure is. isn't most of them isn't that what isn't most of I don't them know are. whether that was romantic or not I'm completely <laughs> confused now uh, Aina thanks so much great to see you as always Aina Lilana back after this Text 51551 Today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1